This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse. Tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. This is the story of Adam Johnson. Johnson was born on the 14th of July 1987 in Sunderland in the northeast of England. He rose to prominence in 2004, coming through the ranks at Middlesbrough, making a total of 96 appearances. Significant transfers to Manchester City and Sunderland followed. In March of 2015, Johnson was arrested and charged over sexual activity with a 15-year-old girl. One year later, Johnson was found guilty of sexual activity with a child and sentenced to six years in prison. This is his story. Johnson was born in Sunderland, Tynum Weir, and brought up in Essingdon, County Durham, in the northeast of England. Johnson played for Cleveland Juniors Football Club and attended Easington Community Science College. At the age of 12, Johnson was taken in by Middlesbrough's Youth Academy, having previously attended Newcastle United's Centre of Excellence between the years of 1995 and 1997. He and his borough teammates, David Wheeler, Tony McMahon and Andrew Taylor were part of the squad that won the 2003-2004 FAU Cup. He made his senior debut aged 17 on Paddy's Day 2005, replacing Deriva for the last 11 minutes in the UEFA Cup in a 1-0 defeat away to Sporting Lisbon. This saw the club eliminated 4-2 in aggregate in the last 16. Almost six months later, on the 10th of September, he made his Premier League debut and his first senior start, deputising for injured fellow academy product Stuart Downing in a 2-1 home win against Arsenal. For much of the first half of the 2005-2006 season, he was on the bench as an unused substitute, mainly in UEFA Cup matches. He did, however, make his second start in the competition against Lytex Lovec on the 15th of December and set up Massimo Macaroni for his first goal in a 2-0 win. For the rest of the season, he remained in the team's matchday squads, albeit as Downing's deputy or as an unused substitute. Johnson's first goal for Middlesbrough came in a midweek Premier League match away to Bolton, scoring in a one-all draw following a mazy run from the left flank before calling in a deflected shot. This start only actually arose owing to Middleborough's involvement in the 2006 UEFA Cup final, which was due to be played a week later, and Steve McLaren had rested most of the squad. On the 30th of June 2006, he signed a new four-year contract extension. Over the course of 2006 and 2007, Johnson spent seasons on loan 
at Leeds and Watford. He returned to Borough for the 2008-2009 season and was a sporadic starter. More often than not, he was used as a substitute for Stuart Downing and the 2008-2009 season ultimately led to relegation for Borough. However, a rare bright spot for both Johnson and Borough was a goal scored on the final game of the season against a Sven-Goran Eriksson-managed Manchester City in a very famous 8-1 victory for Middlesbrough. Following Stuart Downing's transfer to Aston Villa, Johnson became an integral part of Borough's championship team for the 2009-2010 season. He would have scored three of Borough's five goals in their first three matches and he led the Borough scoring charts with eight goals for the entire first half of the season, despite being a winger. This led to Borough manager Gordon Strachan expressing his concern about the over-reliance on Johnson for goals. In addition to all this, after the bright start to the season, the highly, highly rated youngster became a subject of transfer rumours. The Borough management insisted that he would not be sold, however, speculation intensified when he chose not to extend his contract. This contract was due to end at the end of the 2009-2010 season. Following a stint away owing to a hamstring injury in early December, he returned to score a penalty against Gunthorpe in a 3-0 win and as a result he took his goal tally into double figures for the season. And he scored a brace for the third time that season when he turned in a man of the match performance against Doncaster Rovers on the 26th of January to end Burra's winless away streak stretching back all the way to October of 2009. When the transfer window opened on the 1st of January 2010, Johnson was the subject of transfer speculation and Middlesbrough reportedly received a bid from Manchester City. Interest from Manchester City was heightened after Johnson played City weeks earlier in the FA Cup third round. Although Johnson had to go off injured in the first half, he was arguably the best player of the pitch during his 30-minute spell. And on the 1st of February 2010, transfer deadline day, City signed him for an undisclosed fee, rumoured to be in the region of just £7 million, on a four-and-a-half-year contract. Johnson made his first appearance for the club on the 6th of February, coming on as a substitute for Stephen Ireland against Hull. Three days later, he made his first start against Bolton, on the right side of a three-man attack, alongside Carlos Tevez and Emmanuel Adebayor, he finished that game as man of the match. Johnson scored his first goal for Manchester City against his boyhood club, Sunderland, calling a left-footed shot into the top corner one and a half minutes into injury time. This secured a last gasp one-all draw with City. His performance earned him the man of the match award and it also led England manager Fabio Capello to publicly praise him and consider him for selection. Johnson's first senior trophy in his career came in 2011 FA Cup coming on as a substitute in the final. He'd endured kind of a mixed bag in the 2010-2011 season but he started the 2011-2012 season right in form. And after scoring in two 3-0 wins against both Inter Milan and the League of Ireland eleven in the pre-season Dublin Super Cup, he started in Man-, Man City's first Premier League match of the season against Swansea. He got an assist as the shot was saved by Michael Vorm, but it rebounded into Eden Zeko, who t- tucked it away. City went on to win that match 4-0. He scored his first goal of that season, 
during a 4-0 win against Blackburn Rovers at Ewood Park. He followed it up with a goal in the next match against Aston Villa, with the match finishing 4-1 to City. Largely speaking, that 2011-2012 season, City were quite dominant. And as we all may be aware, that season ended with City winning their maiden Premier League in dramatic circumstances in the last day of the season. Johnson finished the season with 26 league appearances, many of which were off the bench um, in otherwise dominant displays by City. His goals came in 6-1, 5-1 wins over the likes of Norwich and Stoke. And it was increasingly evident that his time at City was at an end. On the 24th of August 2012, his hometown side, Sunderland, signed Johnson on a four-year contract for £10 million. Sunderland manager Martin O'Neill said, Adding quality players to the squad has been our main aim this summer, and Adam certainly fits that bill. He has terrific ability, great delivery, and I'm sure he's a player who will excite fans. This would prove to be one of the few highlights, with a string of managerial changes, the defining team of his time with Sunderland. On the 28th of August, Johnson made his first appearance for Sunderland in a 2-0 win over League 2 side Morecambe in the League Cup second round. He provided assists for both goals at the Stadium of Light. He scored his first goal for the club on the 10th of November, opening the scoring in a 2-1 defeat away to Everton. He scored the only goal in a win over his former club Man City at home on Stevens' day. And in April 2013, against Sunderland's fierce rivals Newcastle at St James's Park, Johnson picked up the ball on the right-hand side and quit inside before sending a curling effort past Newcastle goalkeeper Rob Elliott with his left foot to score. That goal leading to victory and one of the rare highlights for Sunderland that season as they narrowly avoided the drop. Johnson's first goal of the 2013-14 season came in the League Cup again against MK Dons. Johnson getting in on the action as Sunderland scored four goals in 12 minutes to win 4-2. However, his form suffered as Sunderland struggled to, to gain just one point in their first eight matches, a run that caused manager Paolo Di Canio his job. Johnson's next goal came in a 2-1 home defeat to Tottenham on the 7th of December. After losing his place in the starting lineup, the FA Cup third round match with Carlisle United marked a turning point in Johnson's fortunes as he scored a free kick and played a vital role in the two other goals as Sunderland won 3-1. And just two days later, Johnson was brought on as a substitute in the League Cup semi-final first leg against United and he won a penalty after being fouled by Tom Cleverley. The penalty was slotted by Fabio Barini and this gives Sunderland a 2-1 advantage going into the second leg. Manager Gus Poyet praised Johnson's contributions as outstanding. And on the 11th of January 2014, he scored his first career hat-trick and assisted Ki Sung Young, inspiring Sunderland to a 4-1 away, away win against Fulham. This lifted him off the bottom of the table. He was the Premier League Player of the Month for January 2014 and on the 2nd of March in the League Cup final against Man City he assisted Barini 
for the opening goal in the 10th minute. Unfortunately though, Sunderland did go on to lose 3-1. Unbeknownst to Johnson, his final season as a professional footballer and with Sunderland was the 2014-2015 season. His first league goal of the season came on the 13th of September when he scored a stunning solo effort in a two-all draw with Tottenham at the Stadium of Light. And on the 21st of December, he scored a 90th minute winning goal away to Newcastle, securing Sunderland's fourth consecutive win over the local rivals and his third goal in three seasons against the club. Five days later, Johnson opened the scoring after just 30 seconds against Hull City, but wasn't able to help the team avoid defeat as they ran to lose 3-1. He scored his fifth goal of the season on New Year's Day 2015, scoring from a penalty to make the score 2 all against Man City, although Sunderland would go on to lose that match 3-2. And on the 2nd of March 2015, he was immediately suspended by Sunderland after his arrest on suspicion of having sexual activity with a 15-year-old girl. This proved to be one of Poyet's final actions at the club as he was replaced by Dick Applegate. In December 2014, Johnson began communicating over social media with a 15 year old female fan while his partner was pregnant. The following 17th of January, he met up with the girl in his Range Rover where he signed two Sunderland shirts for her. Just 13 days later, they met again and Johnson kissed the girl. On the 2nd of March 2015, Johnson was arrested by Durham Police on suspicion of having sexual activity with an underage girl who was 15. On the 23rd of April, he was charged with three offences of sexual activity with a child under 16 and one of child grooming, to which he pleaded not guilty in June. An initial trial date in Durham in September of 2015 was later moved to February 2016 in Bradford Crown Court. On the 10th of February 2016, at the start of his trial, Johnson pleaded guilty to one count of sexual activity with a child and one count of grooming. He denied two further counts of underage sexual activity. The trial lasted for a total of 16 days and was presided over by circuit judge Jonathan Rose. The lead barrister for the prosecution was Kate Blackwell and the lead barrister for the defence was Orlando Pownall. On the 2nd of March 2016, Johnson was found guilty on a majority verdict of 10-2 of one count of sexual activity with a child and found not guilty of a second count of the same crime. In a victim impact statement, the girl stated that she had suffered abuse on social media during the time that Johnson claimed innocence. She also claimed she had lost confidence and that her, that her schoolwork had suffered. A court psychiatrist for the defence found Johnson to be socially and psychologically immature and stated that there was no evidence that Johnson had a sexual attraction to prepubescent children. 
Johnson was granted bail in order to say farewell to his infant daughter. On the 24th of March 2016, he was sentenced to six years in prison for grooming and sexual activity with a girl aged 15. The judge also ordered him to pay 50,000 of the prosecution's legal fees of £67,132. In investigations, police found animal pornography on Johnson's laptop. He was not tried for possession of these files. Parnell was quoted before the sentencing that Johnson had been stripped of his England caps, but the FA later confirmed that this was not the case and that they cannot take caps away from players. After his sentencing, Johnson was held at Her Majesty's Prison in Leeds, and on the 12th of April, Johnson's legal team launched an appeal against the sentence. On the 15th of April, Johnson was moved to Her Majesty's Prison, Moreland, near Doncaster, and on the 12th of July, his appeal was refused, and a second appeal was refused on the 16th of March 2017. In April of 2017, video footage taken inside Her Majesty's Prison, Moreland, appeared to show Johnson talking to his fellow inmates about his conviction. In the footage, Johnson talks about his victim and the fact that he believes his sentence was lengthened due to his position as a professional footballer. Johnson was released on the 22nd of March 2019, having served half of his sentence. One of the more bizarre aspects of the Johnson trial was the public reaction and the systematic failings of Sunderland at the time. Johnson was immediately suspended by Sunderland following his arrest and missed two games before being returned to the team while on bail. He played in 28 games throughout the following 11 months until he was first dropped from the team on the 11th of February 2016 and then later sacked by Sunderland after pleading guilty at trial to the two, two of the four counts put against him. His endorsements by Adidas was also terminated as a result and, the, and EA Sports removed his likeness from the FIFA 16 video game. After the conviction, Sunderland manager Sam Allardyce faced scrutiny for continuing to select Johnson during his bail particularly following allegations that the club had seen documents in May of 2015 to suggest that Johnson acknowledged his guilt. Allardyce, who had joined the club only in October of 2015, claimed that he was not aware of such documents and had always been informed that Johnson was to plead not guilty. Sunderland AFC press release made the exact same statement. In court, Johnson claimed that he had confessed to Sunderland Chief Executive Margaret Byrne on the 4th of May 2015. Byrne, a former lawyer, was due to appear as a witness for his defence but did not take the stand. Sunderland's Supporters Association desired to question her over the knowledge of the case. However, Byrne resigned on the 8th of March 2016, regretting her serious mistake, but claimed that she had not made the club aware of Johnson's admission, nor was she aware that he, ha he was to plead guilty. Parnell confirmed that Johnson intended to 
appeal against his conviction. Johnson's sister Faye urged supporters to change their Facebook profile pictures to one of Johnson and his daughter and a slogan proclaiming his innocence. She had set up an online group for supporters of his innocence which reached a thousand likes before being shut down after being reported by users including northeast based child protection vigilantes Dark Justice. The chief executive of the Professional Footballers Association Gordon Taylor said that Johnson had damaged the reputation of football and that his chances of playing again were very remote. And that is the story of Adam Johnson. The last known whereabouts of Johnson was in a home in the northeast built during his time in prison. His previous home had been sold to English cricketer Ben Stokes. Undoubtedly Johnson was a competent if not talented footballer. He has 12 caps and 2 goals for his country. While his crimes are unforgivable, arguably the greater crime is the reaction of both the club and the public, more specifically the Sunderland supporters. While it was only alleged at the time, and it should always be a case of innocent until proven guilty, the crimes accused were not just extremely sinister in their nature, but they were on one of their own. Not a girl a thousand miles away, but a girl who could in fact be one of their daughters. And I'm not saying that anyone awaiting trial should be abandoned, but with the crimes happening so close to home, how high a pedestal are your sports stars placed when you rush to defend a stranger? as opposed to a fellow community member. The next episode of Monsters of the Clubhouse is out next Monday. Make sure to leave a review wherever you find this podcast and make sure to follow the Mid-Season Slump on Instagram to find out more about some of the pieces we put together. Alternatively, you can check out our website www.themid-seasonslump.com Thanks very much for listening.